Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today's episode is part two of my interview with Iris James, who is the mother of Evan Turner, who is currently signed with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sit back and enjoy the conclusion of their story. Well, Evan describes basketball as his way of uh, coping with many challenges that were thrown his way. So by his junior year at Ohio State, he won uh, every National Player Award, and that's when the NBA came. So tell us how that felt for you to see your son thrive after all these struggles. <laughs> um. I didn't realize that Evan had an opportunity to be to go to the NBA until he actually reached college his freshman year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because I never let it in or whatever, but that was the first time I realized that he may have a shot. It was a fleeting moment that he could actually go, his dream could actually come true. But I wanted to make sure, you know, look, you're in college. Let's get this education. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get this education. So once he got through breaking his back and fracturing it and um, to win the awards, uh, one right after the other, um, I was overjoyed. And I was shocked, actually, because the recognition at that level um, was overwhelming for me. We were in... Um, we were in Indianapolis and, um, you know, I'm an Evan Turner fan, but to be a fan fan, you know, I don't really know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> Actually you see other people just swarming. And so he would say, mom, I don't want to come out. I said, well, your friend is here from your grade school friend is here. Gustafson is here, you know? And so mm-hmm. he said, well, okay, I'm gonna come up. So he comes up out of the, the tunnel and, it was like beat a honey. They just people just swarmed him. I was like, "What is going on? What is, what is going on?" So you know, security had to come and get him and stuff. It was just too eye opening, too eye opening. I mean, I just couldn't. I was just in amazement for that. But to see his dream of just actually um, come to fruition of getting those accolades, you know, I don't know if if he was working for it. But his hard work paid off to get that. He got every award but the Dave Cosby Award. And wow. um, we traveled, um, you know, to, to, to Indianapolis. We traveled. I traveled to California. Um, and unbeknownst to me, you know, while it's happening to my son and my family, it's happening to the college as well. So they were very instrumental in making sure, you know, I had everything to make sure I could get there because it was mm-hmm. still a struggle um, right. for us. So um, that was a blessing. But he was overjoyed and going through the motions of what what might be. I just want to go back um, real quick. When he suffered his second fracture vertebrae in his back prior to the draft. I mean, did this occur at a game? And were you there? Oh, my goodness. That game, yes, I was there. However, my intentions were not to go. I was in Chicago. And I was like, oh, the weather's bad, and I'm tired. And 
And if it wasn't for his uh, AAU coach who actually initially approached me, as I told you earlier, mm-hmm. he said, I'm getting ready to go to the game. Um, you want to ride? And I, and, I, and I was like, well, you're going to drive, then I guess I'll go. <laughs> and so um we were just going to do a turnaround trip and um and I was there that night I was just crazy because I saw it yeah. was like I was watching it in slow motion and I heard my son utter and wince in pain and I knew he was hurt I was like yeah. oh my god he is hurt so I was running down the steps and saying I got to get to him. So I was going to jump over the banister and I I looked at that and I said, Iris, I don't think you better do that because then they might call the ambulance for you too. (laughs) (laughs) And the dad said, oh, he just hurt his butt. I said, wait, don't talk to me about that. Let me go see about my baby. So I'm running up the steps. I was like, where's the gym? Where's where's the place where my baby is? Where is he? Where is he? And uh, I and I couldn't get to him. So um, the coach's wife came out and said, um, Iris, is going to be all right. And the next thing I, I can hear him saying, where's my mom? Where's my mom? Um, is, she, is she okay? Is she, is she hysterical? And I was like, why is he saying that? He's the one always getting hurt. Why am I hysterical? I've been taking care of you since she was a baby. He and so uh, they did something and and he went in some pain and I just, probably I just really lost it and and the coach's wife Barbara who we're still very good friends with he's gonna be all right Iris he's gonna be all right Uh I said I don't know I need to go see my baby I need I need to open up this door so I can get to him so it was very traumatic for me because um what I didn't understand when you have a player uh at any level at that level at that college level with that status how much notoriety you get and how much Mm -hmm. the media is on it. You know, it's like, that's yeah. breaking news. And I was so frustrated because they kept playing that over and over and we're in the hospital and I don't know anything about what's going on with my son. That was so distraughtful. I, I You can't imagine. I, I was like, how come they can't turn? Why is this on it? He's not the president. Yeah. You know? I was like, not the president. Stop yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and then, of course, the calls came and I didn't even have my phone because I was like, I was like, here, Darius, just take the phone. You you handle it. I can't handle it right now. So yeah. it was very, very hard. And um, but we when we found out that he broke it in two spots, I think it's two or three spots mm-hmm. and where the fracture was, um, it was going to take time to heal. Um, and it wasn't more serious than we had originally thought. Mm-hmm. Um, was a blessing. However, you know, men do not know how to be patient. Okay. I'm just telling you, they just don't, they suck. They just want, I'm going to be fine, mom. I'm going to be fine. No, you're not. I'm just telling you, you can go home. I am not going anywhere. So he's on this morphine and, uh, he's telling, uh, one of his college friends, I'll be back in four weeks. Now they said eight weeks. I'll be back yes. in four weeks. Yes. I'll be back in four weeks. I said, this boy has lost his mind. But he was back in a month. <laughs> he willed his he willed himself back. I'm telling you, he willed himself back. Because they called me. I was in Chicago. They called me, well, Evan's going to play on Wednesday. I said, Evan's going to do what? They yeah. said, he's playing on Wednesday. I said, no, he's not. He better not get on no court till I get there. Good for oh, you. Oh, no. Uh-uh, no, I will be there. 
So, of course, the media comes and says, Evan Turner's mom's not going to let him. Yeah, I read that too, by the way. I sure did. And so everybody said, well, I'm, I'm her baby. I'm her mom. I'm her, I'm, her, I'm her baby. And so he calls him mom. Why are you coming down here? I said, what do you mean? Why am I coming down there? Why? You coming to see if I'm okay? Yes, I'm coming because somebody got to have reasoning down here. Because right now, yeah. you're not gonna, they're not going to tell me at the last minute you've been ready to play. Oh, it was terrible. You know, it, was- it is terrible because these schools, they just want to win. At the end of the day, it's just about the win. And, and for the players, too, they can't imagine themselves off the court. They want to be part of that win, not realizing the damage you could put on your body um, then or in the future, right? No one thinks of what can happen down the road. They're just thinking, well, the game's today, so I'm good. And I'm going to keep that pain today. And it's, sometimes it's just like, yeah, you have to wait. And sometimes as a parent, you have to make that decision. And, you know, you might be the hated one, but I'd rather be the hated mom and you got a good back than be the mom that allowed you to play and you got no back, right? And you're sitting there in a wheelchair. Uh, absolutely, because I did tell them, the trainer and the coach and stuff, I was like, look, I know y'all need him and, and, I, and I know he wants to play, but somebody has to be the voice of reason. I said, right. he only has one back. I said, and while you, I know you believe he can play, I said, he still needs time to condition himself. I mean, you went from, you're telling me you're, he's going from, from therapy onto the court. Oh, no. Uh-uh. So I, t- I told my son, I was my other son, I said, you got to come with me because I need the support because everybody's going to want him to get on the court. And, right. yeah. <laughs> and I know better. Yeah. And so we go out here before the game and, and um, Evan is out there and I'm just telling you, it, it was absolutely miraculous to see him on that court and have no fear and jump and shoot a, a three-pointer on the thing. And Darius says, Mom, you see he's okay, right? I, I had to acquiesce and say, okay, but I know in my heart and in my mind that he did not need to go on that court. But he wanted to go, and the mothers always know best. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to tell you, mamas always know best. They do, we and do. So <laughs> he goes out there, he plays, and my baby falls on his back. And you know who was looking at me? And I was looking at him, that coach. Yeah. And guess what? Evan did not, he pulled him out, and he did not go back out there. Hmm. Because I know best. I know best. So um, anyway, that allowed him a couple more opportunities to, um, to get, get get stronger and stuff like that. So and he did play. But um, and, and we played Indiana. Oh, God, what a rivalry. So, uh, you know, I was on the Big Ten Network and they were like, what is it like? I was like, I really didn't want him to play, you know, so. Uh, but this is what he wanted to do and he's playing well and I'm happy for him. So that's how that, that came up. Well, for Evan, I mean, I can imagine why he wanted to play. I mean, at the end of the day, this is, this ended up being the year where he decided to forego his last year of eligibility and enter the draft. So it's understandable that he was like, I got to do this. I got to push forward. I got to do this because his vision was probably, I want to be in the league now. I mean, he'd strike when the iron's hot, right? And 
our boys don't think of their bodies. They just think of what's to come. Well, he he probably, actually, um, he was thinking more at that time. Mm -hmm. The team needs me, you know, they need me. The team needs me. Yeah. And uh, um, to get through, you know, for them to win that championship and all the rest of that mm -hmm. stuff. However, um, when he actually had to make that decision, it was it was a very difficult decision for him to make because mm -hmm. I don't think he really wanted to leave. I think he really wanted to stay and, and he thought that they would have a championship. And um, if he stayed another year and um, uh, he made the decision and it was heartfelt. I mean, he had tears in his eyes actually when he made that decision. So why did he but have I to make that decision? He broke his back. <laughs> I was like, boy, you you have broken your back. And um, I think his mentors at the time um, helped him decide that, you know, timing is everything. And uh, I think what happens is, is that when you have won all the accolades of the year, um, mm -hmm. And that championship is dangling, but it's not a guarantee. So that guarantee versus something that is a guarantee uh, helped him decide whether or not um, that was the best thing for him to do. Right. So let's go to draft night. I mean, I know you you guys went through the process of getting a, an agent and you hired uh, David Falk, who happens to be at the time Michael Jordan's agent. So. Let's talk about the process that you as a family with David, how do you get you guys to draft night? Like, what was that process? Oh, God, this is not a topic I really want to talk about, but I will, I will do it for other mothers that are out there. Okay. So as we just said, mothers know best. And mm -hmm. um, as you have a young man who's entering uh, uh, or embarking on an opportunity of a lifetime, they still seek your advice, whether willingly or reluctantly, you know, they still do. However, right. just like we went through the process of the 25 Division I scholarships that he got going into college, you can imagine we had financial people, we had agents, you know, doing all this stuff. And um, we're trying to still work within the rules of the NCAA. Um, people are passing you cards and all that kind of stuff. It's just a process that people, you know, yeah. that people go through. So, um, we, uh, Evan introduced us. And matter of fact, a family friend of ours reached out to this gentleman, uh, David Falk. And I would think, I really truly believe Evan was in Harvard with the fact that Michael Jordan's agent wants mm -hmm. him. Right. He wants to represent him when Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan was his idol as a child, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I believe he made that decision based on that. Um, right. I went along with it. However, I didn't think it was the best thing for him, um, but it ultimately was his decision. And David Falk represented him up until uh, three or four years. So. He and you know, David Falk is a great guy. He is um, 
He loves to tell stories. Um, but in doing my research, um, I just believe sometimes you have to put people and be a right fit. I just right. really didn't think they were a right fit. I think uh, some people, just like St. Joe's was a fight, right fit for Evan at high school. And right. while I didn't want uh, the Ohio State, it wound up being the right fit. So, um, and things happen and this is where we go. So he was able to go to the Rising Star and yes. uh, he was able to get a, a, um, a shoe contract with Lee Ning. And he was able to do three years at uh, uh, Philadelphia. Right. Uh, 76ers, so. Well, before that, let's, I mean, when you're at draft night, what was going through your mind when you heard the commissioner say the Philadelphia 76ers choose Evan Turner? What was the first thing you did after they called his name? Oh, I hugged my baby. And <laughs> I, I hugged him because his dream had actually come true. Yes. Um, and I was elated for him. His great-grandmother was there, who was actually 90-something at the time for him. Um, mm. It was the hottest day you can't even imagine. And his <laughs> great-grandmother was sitting there with him to see his her great-grandson become a professional basketball player for the 76ers. Um, I was overjoyed that um, he was selected to be number two. Um, and as and, and we were prepared, um, uh, his agent, David Falk, did prepare us. Um, so we weren't one of those families where, you know, they didn't get picked. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot yeah. of negotiations going on. Mm -hmm. You don't know that until hindsight, you know, unless your agent doesn't prepare you. But right. they were they were pretty well. We were pretty well sure that he was going to go number two. And um, but to actually hear his name and actually see him go up there. Um, and I'm not a sports person, so right. I, I'm really not. I supported my children and what they wanted to do, but I am not a sports person. Right. At all. So technically, I was going through the motions, but I was actually ecstatic that my son had reached the epitome of his success by going to the NBA as the number two pick in the country. Were you ready for that change in your life? It really wasn't much of a change other than I go to more games than I did. In, yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> but um, to see him, I remember the first time I saw him on the college, on, on, your, um, on the court right. for his first college game, I didn't even recognize him. And then to go to 76ers for his first game, um, was his birthday, you know, and, you know, mm -hmm. right. that kind of personalized and brought it down from the big picture down to who he really was and why we honored him. But um, for him, that extra piece was just that he was out there on the field and, I mean, not on the field, on the court, mm -hmm. and we were able to experience that arena. So we were, we were re received very well, you know, stuff we just, you know, I don't think I've ever imagined um, having that much attention, you know, not just for him, but for us as a family, family you yeah. know, so um, we were just going through the motions and people were waving and, you know, 
I don't like all that kind of attention, I don't think. So, you know, hi, how you doing? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just, uh, you, you roll with the flow. But I was more happy for him right. that from a little boy, from someone we could understand three three years old, to say, I'm going to be Scottie Pippen and, and Michael Jordan, and I'm going to be a millionaire. And guess what? The it's dream true. It's true. is yeah. real. It came true. <laughs> That you was that, that was what was most important to me. That attending that first NBA game must have been like so overwhelming because you're watching him transition from playing like middle school to high school to college. And now, like as a professional, I mean, you went from a tiny gym to a huge arena from hundreds to thousands of thousands of screaming fans. And some of them are screaming for your child. Yeah. Like, um... <laughs> Those fans, I tell you, those were the hardest fans, I tell you, because Philadelphia is very difficult. But um, initially, um, to see it on that magnitude, um, it was disbelief, really, because I never thought that I would be in a stadium like that. Never thought I would be watching basketball live and my son would be on the court. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not the same. Not the so, same, eh? Yeah, yeah. So it, 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 was, it was definitely an eye-opener for us. Yeah, it's different when you're in your living room and your child is sitting in front of the TV watching his favorite players play NBA games and you're walking oh by to a couple of years. You're like, wait a minute, I'm actually sitting in the crowd here. I'm <laughs> No, actually, yeah, I'm sitting in... Actually, Evan was a young boy. He must have been maybe in sixth or seventh grade and he met Shaq as a young boy. And he was actually able to meet him. And I don't know if he played with him, but Mm -hmm. for that to come full circle, Miles Shaq is a nice guy and all this. I said, okay, we got, we actually have a picture with both the boys with Shaq. He came to Chicago and did an actual event and stuff like that. And then to be in that arena and actually meet him and talk to him and be a part of that is just so surreal. I'm just, Mm -hmm. you know. Of course. So, like you said, he debuted uh, his first game with the 76ers on his 22nd birthday. I mean, what a gift, right? And he he had a great game as well. And uh, he must have been on an emotional high. It's my birthday. You know, it's the beginning. And moving forward, his talents helped the team make the playoffs that year, where now he's playing against... Um, in the playoff season, players against the Miami Heat, against the LeBron and Dwayne Wade. So Oof, yeah. your son is now playing against these two, like I said, seasoned players. What was it like for you to see your rookie baby prove his talent against these two players? Scared. I was absolutely scared <laughs> because I did not understand why y'all taking this rookie and putting my baby up on LeBron. Why? Why do you <laughs> want to do that? He's not- <laughs> I, was, I was like, they're going to crush my baby. They're going to crush my baby. And uh, throughout his career, that has been, he's always played against the elite players. Right. And um, it's a blessing for him because it's a learning curve and an honor, you know, um, but a true testament to his talent as well. Right. You know, the coaches have mm-hmm. enough confidence to put you with, I didn't look at it like that because I'm like, He's just a baby. Y'all yes. gonna hurt my baby. But uh, 
<laughs> and yet he held his own, right? He's like, baby, nothing. I'm, <laughs> I'm Evan I Turner know. and I'm showing out. And good for him. And that's exactly I, what he did. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't see it like that. But yes, for him, yes. <laughs> Look, they lost I that game, but mom. you know what? Evan did very well, so. <laughs> I know, because my son's were mom, he played well, he played well. It, it took me a very long time to understand, you know, and one and two, two, three, two, and all this kind of stuff, all this terminology, because I'm not a sports person. Right. But I finally learned some of the stuff. <laughs> well, listen, it's trial and error, Iris. You only learn once you're in the mix. So yes. this actually brings me to the um, his first Rising Stars game, or the Rising Star game, I, I should say, um, at the NBA All-Star Weekend. I mean, that is, like, fantastic. Were, were you able to attend that game? Uh-huh. For the All-Star Weekend? Say, yeah, and we were in Orlando, Florida. Yes, yeah. To attend one of those events, I'm just telling you, <laughs> it must be like going to the Oscars or something. <laughs> All yeah. the security, all this red carpet, all these wands, all these, um, what do you call them? Wands and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just to make sure we're safe, you know, and the player is safe. Right. So um, that was something different. Um, but to actually see him finally um, get acknowledged and um, go to one of those events um, was really good. I was sitting next to my son. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand. I thought we was gonna see a game. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. This was no. showboating, okay? And yeah, mom, the whole weekend. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, Mom. I said, Darius, I thought we was gonna see a game. He was like, Mom. I said, they just running up and down the court. <laughs> this is street ball. This is what I told him. This is street ball. But he shone, you know, he, he yeah. had a smile on his face and he shined. And he played well. He did some alley oops, and so and you come to find out that's what this portion of the of the, of the process is for. Right. So, and I had to learn that. I was I was I was a slow slow student, but I, I learned. <laughs> <laughs> well, NBA All Star Weekend is awesome, and such a time to meet and greet with so many families of many players. So, as a new NBA mom, what relationships were you then starting to build? With the 76ers, um, fortunately, I was able to meet a couple of moms who have vibrant personalities and are very embracive mm -hmm. of, of a new rookie mom. And you want that when you come into the arena because you can, um, you can be overwhelmed and isolated and not feel like you're a part of anything, depending on what kind of team you go to. So fortunately... Right. The 76ers were a great team to start us out with. And um, but um the, the relationships that you build um with certain individuals are, are 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 the same as you do with anything that any other arena you come in, but you get to cherish those because um those moms are few and far between to be in an arena like this. This is right. this is like a like a fraternity, you know what I mean, or a sorority, right. because um, while we, our sons are here, and while people don't know that we've struggled to get them there, we know what it took, and only we know what sacrifices we had to make mm -hmm. to um, 
to see our son's success. Yes. I don't think people understand um, the toll it takes on their body. I mean, here they're playing NCAA ball, they're playing 40 games, then they play in the NBA and they're playing 82 games. And I don't think people understand this is totally different now. You've got injuries that can come into play because their bodies are working twice as hard. There's more travel. There is more getting off the plane, then the plane, in the hotel, off, you know what I mean? Out the hotel, in the, in, on the bus, off the bus. And it's so grueling. And I don't think people understand that. So like you're saying, it's just, it's so surreal because people just want to see these million dollar players playing. They don't care about everything else. Yeah, that, um, that experience, um, people don't have a clue um, what it is to become a professional athlete in each athlete approaches it differently and that's based on their experiences and their backgrounds and stuff so people don't understand except for my very close friends who really don't understand that I cried for three years people know it's a, it's a blessing and a curse to a certain extent mm-hmm. because you have to watch your child become a man before his time in an right. arena that he knows nothing about you have to watch him emotionally. You have to watch him athletically, physically. Um, you have to ha- watch him deal with the media. You have to watch him deal with the fans. Um, those are a lot of small, intricate details that people don't understand that you as a parent have to help your child get through or recognize because some of them think they can do it on their own and don't address it. So um, it was very difficult for me for the first year. because, And it's difficult as a parent, I think, as well, because you raised your child and you think you can do things and continue um, as, as they have been, and they don't. That reality for a mother, uh, as we talked about earlier, becoming um, their advisor, not their manager, um, mm-hmm. is, a, is a hard reality. It is a very difficult reality for some of us to take on. Right. Um, uh, and some of us never get over it. But um, once I realized, you know, I can't manage them anymore, I have to advise them. And so I said, okay, all I can do as a responsible parent is my job is to tell you what you do with the information is up to you because you're grown right. now. Right. And so, um, yes. Well- through his 10 years in the NBA, I mean, he played with the 76ers, um, with the Celtics, the Pacers, uh, the Trailblazers, Atlanta. Um, through these years, I mean, like you said, things change, right? And you go through the injuries, you go through playing, you go through not playing, and there's so much politics. But with the politics, there comes the critics. So... <laughs> we all must admit that the dream of being a professional basketball player can be great as it comes with many perks in life financially. Um, It changes someone's position. However, on the flip side, it comes with a lot of pressure and expectation. Players are uh, expected to play according to their salary. So when it comes to Evan, unfortunately it's been said that he's underperformed his contract now. So as his mother, how do you struggle mentally and physically um, like, how do you cope with these critics? Well, one thing I do do, um, which Evan always told me, Mom, stop reading that stuff. Okay, well, first of all, I can't stop reading. 
because I need to know <laughs> what's going on. First of all, I need to know what these other people are saying. But more importantly, they are on, on the outside looking in. Right. They don't, they don't have a clue about what really is going on or what is really being told to these athletes about how they are to um, perform on the court. Mm-hmm. And, and no one is perfect. Everybody, um, and, and you know this, coaches are crazy. I'm just telling you, they get in their world and they do whatever it is they do. But um, as you said, there's politics. So unless they understand what the scenario is for that team, whether it be from the general manager, whether it be from the coaches, they don't have a clue. All they can do is surmise. And so Mm -hmm. my thing is, is if you don't know the real deal, you're on the outside looking in, until you open up that book, you'll never know what's really going on. That's right. So I didn't let it really bother me because they really don't know. Yes. They really don't know my child. They don't know the conversations between him and the coaches. They don't know the dynamics. You only see what you see or are allowed to see to a certain extent. And it all depends also on your child. So by me knowing who my child is, by me knowing the inner workings of what's going on, I really didn't have a, a real problem with the critics because I understand you're trying to sell papers, you know, and that opportunity, you know, people will talk to you at the game and I will say, well, you really don't know the real story. You know, if you really knew the real story, your opinion um, will definitely change. But, you know, I will say, don't always believe what you read. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's, that's, that's so true. Um, there's, you know, so for me, it's difficult to, to, it was difficult to, to hear and see, but on the other side, when I know what's really going on, um, that's how I handled it. Okay. You really don't know the real story. So that's right. That's right. So you can't take a personal because at the end of the day, like you said, nobody really knows what, uh, what these players, uh, go through. And with that said, um, he was traded from quickly from Atlanta to now the, the Timberwolves, but apparently he's waiting for a buyout. So I'm assuming that all came to a halt um, with the COVID-19. Can you just tell us about that real quick? Well, I don't know much about every, every, every journey that you go through. There's always another avenue that you're getting mm-hmm. exposed to. So um, that buyout is probably going to happen. He's, he's not going to play, I don't think, for the Timberwolves. Right. And um, at this point, he is um, working diligently on his craft and is excited to to see what his opportunities will be in um, the next season. And hopefully right. he will be um, um, picked up and um, have another opportunity to um to play for another team mm-hmm. and um, live his dream again. Absolutely. And that will happen, right? Like you said, there's a lot of politics, so let's just, all we can do is give him as much love and support. Absolutely. Um, um, and encourage him. Um, Evan is very, he has been a very determined individual. Um, he has overcome some things that, I probably myself would find difficult to do, but I think once he sets his mind on something, uh, which is demonstrated through his life, um, he he is successful. 
So, um, and I pray that that dream comes true for him and he finishes that career out with, with what he, what his expectations are. Okay. I just want to quickly ask, uh, now that your children are grown, have you had an opportunity to do what Iris wants to do? <laughs> well, um, I am attempting to do that. It's very difficult when you become a grandmother. It's difficult when you have children, three children, boys in three different states, and when you are as involved as you are. So um, I think you um, have to take time for yourself. And at this stage and juncture in my life, um, I am enjoying my grandchildren. But there is, I've always been a caregiver. I've always been a supporter, always been a good listener. But now I have to listen to me. And so I am in the process of um, working towards some things that I want to do. First of all, my health with these little grandkids, I need to get moving. So I have actually started a group of, um, of moms. Um, and our motto is keep moving and be, help, uh, be healthy. Yes. <laughs> so we do a 30 minute workout um, every day, twice a day um, mm -hmm. to get us moving at our level. And it's something that um, most of us are, haven't been doing. And one uh, with this COVID going on, um, we need to build up our immune system. We need to get stronger. And um, so that is working out very well. We have over 20 moms who are actually trying to work with us uh, on any given day, um, which is excellent. And um, they're having a great time doing it. We're having fun. Um, aside from that, um, I have in the process of starting a company called WOW, which is Women Orchestrating Wealth. And that just doesn't mean for... Uh, monetary value that could be for your health that could be for your mind um, and it's just a, a, a company that I'm trying to create to help us recognize who we are and where our strengths are and where our weaknesses are and how we overcome that to be who we want to be um, right. in, in the next journey of our lives so I am working with that as well as um, some other little things so these little grandkids are stepping on my toes but I'm trying to at this point in my life, get my life focused on me and stop saying, okay, I you got to help so-and-so. So trying to, to balance that ball has been a little bit more difficult. I'm, I'm older now, so I'm getting ready to be 62. And so just, you know, honing in on those so that I can be who I want to be and to be the best person I can be and leave that legacy. I've already left the legacy of grandchildren and children, but... Right. Um, you want to leave another type of legacy, not just for your children, but uh, for the world, you know. So of course. I hope to get that off the ground and be able to leave that for um, not just NBA moms, but just women in general. Right. You know, the best people they can be. Well, good luck with uh, with your company. Wow. Um, I'm very interested to learn more about that. Uh, you can share that with me, uh, I guess, offline. And that's something that... <laughs> We at Portside Moms, we would also share um, as well. I mean, that is very, very interesting. Like you're saying at one point, you know, when you empty nest, it's time for us as moms to do what we need to do for us. So congratulations. With that Thank said, you. you are a veteran mom and you and have been through this for many years. You know, the expectations from coaches, players, fans, and so much more. 
So I would just like to conclude with asking, what advice would you give to a parent of an up-and-coming basketball player? There's a lot of things that I can say at this point, but I think the best thing that I can say to an up-and-coming parent is I think you need to manage your expectations. I think you need to manage your expectations and understand your, 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 your athlete's expectations. I think we get lost in that when we first come into this arena. And I think once you you recognize what those expectations or clarify them, you will have a better understanding of this industry as well as how you relate to your your athlete. It, it, it is so important that you guys remain on the same page because the saying is, you know, uh, perception is reality. And our young men, um, once they get into our arena, don't, don't understand all the nuances of this. And so that's how people get into your into your family if you don't understand that. And mm-hmm. so I would want you to guard yourself um, from those uh, trip falls and understand those expectations. So if you stay, stay close to your child, understand his expectations, and he understands yours, and you can come to a clarity about how you guys are going to move forward and how you're going to handle um, things come coming through. So um, I think that's key um, to understanding that. That's a big part of it. Absolutely. Iris, oh my goodness, thank you so, so, so much. We wish both you and Evan nothing but the very best. And remember that mothers such as yourself offer so much to those who are in need of information. Uh, You serve as a resource to help other parents out there who are blindly trying to get their kids to the pros, which we know is not easy. It's not an easy task at all. So once again, thank you so much for coming up, Courtside Moms, and sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm truly honored. The honor is all ours.